Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome back to Countercharge. I'm David Fanning. And I'm Matt Croger. Dave says welcome back because we've just had about 15 minutes of conversation where I had not hit the record button. It was some solid content too. You know, It was mm. podcast gold. There was no that's heavy what, breathing from me. Yeah, there wasn't either. You know, I reckon I barely edited it, barely an arm, no heavy breathing. And so now I just am wanting to die a little bit inside. But, you know, let's let's redo this. And so today we're talking the the second instalment of rewriting Panathor. So if you don't remember, you'll have to scroll a fair bit back in time to get to the first episode where I was just recording myself. And in that instalment, I gave my opinions on what factions I would cull from Panathor if we were looking to cull some factions. It was, of course, incredibly accurate and no logical argument could have possibly been against my opinions. So, yeah, if you if you want to listen to that, scroll back. I, I haven't got which number it was in, in front of me. And then Dave and I have been planning this past year for quite some time, but when we started writing it, I kind of realised it was a lot bigger than what I believed it was going to be. And so it, it got delayed because I haven't had time to kind of do the background. And, and even today, or as we do, it'll probably cross a few episodes because we're going to go through army by army and we're going to look through how would we inject that bit more flavour. Now, when we started writing this, actually, it was pre-Night Stalker, cha- recent Night Stalker changes, pre-Northern Alliance. And what we've seen since we started writing is this direction that it's obvious that the Mantic want to go in in how they're going to do their armies moving forward. Uh, and I, I love the direction that they're going in and I'm loving that we'll we'll see that more and more over time. So today we're not talking about factions getting culled. We're going to start going through them one by one and go, how would we give them that Mantic treatment in a, in a similar vein to uh, what has been done so far? And today, thankfully for you, you don't have to just listen to my voice. We have the uh, venerable Dave Fanning, so you're not just hearing one opinion. That's it. I'm always happy to give the answers to the questions no one asked. Yeah, that's that's what I think, yep, or ask lots of questions that no one else is asking either. So how we'll do it is we'll, we'll, we'll try and use basically uh, what seems like the RC are doing. So it's not like we've got a formula or anything, but we're, we're basically going to go through what's the vibe of these armies currently you know, where do we feel that vibe could go and how would that be represented primarily with using uh, existing special rules because that's a currently basically what they've done with things like Night Stalkers and, and Northern Alliance. So, for example, Frozen existed and they've just expanded how that worked, made it a bit more thematic that things get frozen, but then that has a better impact than what it did of just slowing speed that you compound that by some things getting vicious against it. So it's about limiting, I guess, the addition of too many special rules because we don't want bloat and but harnessing what's already there in a, in a, in a way that's already harnessed perhaps a different way we'll just see what we get up to because a, a lot of this will be very unscripted and will just be thoughts spewing onto a page before we do that let's do a hobby update 
Dave, what have you been? Again, what have you been up to? Let's see if I can remember what I just talked about. Okay, so I've been doing goblins for the Aussie slow grow. Uh, In the last month, it's been very, very slow grow. I've got two minces that I'm trying to finish off today, actually, then I'll get a troop ready to go, and that'll probably put me about 1,200 points, I reckon. So I'm about halfway now, a bit behind where I want to be, but deciding to paint a second horde army after doing halflings is slowing me down a little bit, as well as life getting in the way because the wife decided, let's get a pool. So we got a pool, and now I am landscaping in the backyard for the last month straight as well. So that's taking a lot of physical energy out of me as well. Real life mm-hmm. multi-base? Yeah. What's, what's yes. better? Real life or... Uh, uh, hobbying's defi- yeah, hobbying's definitely easier. Uh, <laughs> now, what was the other thing I talked about? Oh, that's right. I've been reading as well. So I finished reading one of the Mantic books, Steps to Deliverance. Uh, loved it. Read it on audiobook, so listened to it, I guess. And I thought that was really good. Helped actually make a bit of sense out of some of the uh, special rules and, and, and sign of the comp. Well, it laid the path for some of the fluff, really, for the... You know, why uh, Abyssals have regen and stuff like that kind of clicked a little bit more in my head. And uh, I've just started reading the Stormlight Archives as well. Yeah, okay, right. And and so, Leah, started. So you found Step to Deliverance good. How do you find it as in expanding on, you know, some of the fluff you may or may not have known? I understand a little bit better how Basalia works now as well. You know, the healing magic they talk about in the book as well kind of makes a little bit sense for some of their special rules as well. Uh, I don't really want to spoil it too much for anyone that hasn't read it yet, but I definitely recommend it. And yeah, I listened to the audio book and it was fantastic. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I look forward to you always referring to it as Basalia from now on. Yeah, definitely. Um, did you did you have a favourite bit or favourite character or it's just a? I mean, I found it a very just an easy listen to just kind of get through. And I, I didn't really have I didn't have too many favourites. I mean, I think I really like the. I think I like a Cells arc a little bit, if I mm-hmm. had to pick a favourite. But yeah, I think I just enjoyed listening to the book. Yeah, nice. And with uh, Stormlight Archives, uh, you've you've picked basically the only series he's been writing that he hasn't finished yet to start with. This is your first delve into Brandon Sanderson. Yeah, I um, mm-hmm. I actually hopped on Unplugs Radio's page and asked for some advice, and then went and did the total opposite of that by um, starting Stormlight Archives as well, but only because I, I was at work uh, talking about wanting to start a book series and someone said, here's the Stormlight Archives, go for it, and handed me the book. So it was kind of a bit of an easier decision, but they've almost they've also promised me the rest of his works as well, and if I want to start reading that as well at some point, but I think I've got oh, yeah, yeah, years of reading in front of me. Before. Nah, I haven't read that one. Yeah, right. Well, he only wrote the last three, didn't he, in that series, I think? He did, yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, was it three? Something like that. And gee, we're sounding a bit like unplugged ourselves, aren't we? Yeah. 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 I've uh way more yeah, like unplugged the first time he recorded. It was. <laughs> <laughs> you know it what? Was. They've probably done this too. Yeah, I have to reach out. I reckon they've recorded an episode yeah. and trashed it before. Yeah. Oh, I think I think most most will have. I uh yeah, I went to re well, I went to download on the Kindle the the Stormlight Archives, but I was like, actually, do you know what? I just can't do another series that's not finished yet. So because I've started it a couple of times, but I've read all these other stuff, and um, so I'm going to hold on to that one. And uh, but I did start reading. Oh, God, it's one. Um, it's it's the only series that 
uh, all three books won a Hugo Award, which is unusual, all three books in it. I'm trying to think of the name and Google it. Yes, I think it's The Fifth Season is is what it's called. N.K. Okay. Jemison. Yeah, so I've, I've just started that. haven't got far into it, which is why I'm not really remembering it yet. So I'm not, I'm not even really into the nuts and bolts of what makes it all tick yet. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But it's like it commonly comes up as, you know, one of these better, better fantasy uh, worlds and, and trilogies. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where that leads me. Yeah, right on. Yeah. And with your, with your goblins, mate, where you, how many points are you up to? Uh, I think I'm about 1,200, maybe just a touch under. What am I looking at? I've got, some, I've got a slasher done, a winget, a, a few heroes, a mincer trooper, mincer, rabble horde, a lot of war machines, some trolls. And, yeah, I, I want to get a legion of rabble on the table. And, a legion? Uh, yeah, I've got the – actually, I'll show you because mm. everyone else can't listen. Uh, everyone else yeah, can't yeah, yeah. see this. But yeah, you may as well show me. It's, it's a great medium for podcasting. Just due to the magic of podcasting, I've got my little um, – check it out. It's my – that's my cave of le- – of, mm-hmm. uh, Cave of wonders? Yeah, mm. it'll be a cave of rabble when they're mm, done. So that's where we're ready to go. Lamp. And um, then I'll probably get some more trolls as well. I've got another uh, Mantic Goblin army there to chew through, so that's going to give me some trolls, another Mincer, and then a, a lot more rabble to push out as well. So if I can get another horde done, another let they get this legion finished, another horde done, might have room for just a single regiment at the end of it, and see what's left. Infantry can really break you, can't they? Oh, yeah. it's, it's it's yes. Yeah, I know, I when think, you're like, um, I'm almost finished. I've only got another hundred rabble to go. It's like, oh. After having Paul and Andy on the other night, I had a look up of this slap chop method, and and I think for the I've heavily invested in some Northern Alliance now. And when I get past this, and I've got my you know halflings and salamanders where I want to be, I'm going to start building those. And I reckon I'll try and do it. It looks it looks like an interesting method, given that I've got a fair few contrast paints already. Looks like an interesting method to try and make things pop. Yeah, well, Paul's knocking out his goblins. I don't yeah, know how he and they look great. Yeah. They look great, and uh, so that's that's definitely why. Because you know, I've got a good reference point of someone that's doing it that I've seen plenty of pictures on. I'm like, so that's, if that's how it could look. And so I watched a video on YouTube the other day. I think you know how to yeah, do it. Yeah, and it's a, it's a really simple method, to be honest. So I was talking to um, Luke Schaefer. He did his salamanders that he took to Clash Australia this year with Slapshot, and he did them in, I think he did the whole army in like a week or so. Yeah, I think it somewhat relies on how, you know, how well you probably do that under stuff, how well you highlighted it during that preparation phase. You need to have um, the right minis too. For sure, you've got to have the right minis. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the contrasts um, with highlighting. I mean, I still do a fair bit of highlighting with the contrast on the salamanders, but the, the Mantic salamanders have quite a bit of detail that just makes it, work quite well on yeah because it's plenty of recesses to gather in and plenty of um bits that stand out to to highlight up so um but also still loving the scales scale 75 metallics oh yeah scale 75 yeah yeah awesome yeah, yeah definitely my favorite metallics so uh re- really enjoying that because the with their highlighted and lighter colors they delve into like color tones of silver so like one of the highlights for my metallics on the salamanders is their emerald 
emerald silver or can't remember the proper name, but it's just got this greedy tinge to it. Yeah, okay, really check nice. them out. Yeah, really nice. I'm always uh, so they sell them in sets. Yeah, they sell them in sets of like the bronze, gold, and silver. So I picked yeah. them all up just for the future, just to see where it landed me. Yeah, I'm always on the hunt for new paints. A whole bunch out. Yeah. Oh no. So. Yeah, I try and pick up a range where I can just to play around with them, but I always end up just picking a couple here and there. So I haven't found mm. anyone that sells Reaper in Australia, but I, I do. I've heard Rob talk about the triads a hell of a lot. I kind of want to mm. see if I can get my hands on some of them, but. Can't I haven't looked up anything yet. I, I haven't heard anyone talk about second edition of the Army Painter quick paints, so speed paints. So oh, really. yeah. No, so no, be, I've no reviews yet. Mm, so I'll be interested in hearing that. I mean, surely there's some on YouTube. I'll just have to have a look, but, yeah, mm. we'll see. Cool. So, you know, after after dragging that out for another 15 minutes after the first 15 minutes that we didn't record, um, let's get into the main event. And so uh, I've, I've filled you in on what we're going to do. I think we, we might touch on this a little bit, but one, one thing I'd really like to see is a bit of a return of the army-wide special rule that we had before. And But that doesn't necessarily – so, but like a rule that's represented in most units of the army or quite a, across quite a chunk, something that – and it doesn't have to be exactly like that. Like I think in, in theory Frozen is doing a good job in – in the Northern Alliance, like so much utilise that as a mechanic that it feels like almost like it's its army-wide special rule as well, the theme. It's, it's interesting. Either you've got units that generate Frozen or units that benefit from Frozen, but either way it kind of really makes you work together to push some synergies around the battlefield, which I mm. really like. Yeah. I don't want to say get frustrated, but it's interesting when you look at an army and they have a special rule that's applicable to like two units and they're both individual characters or something like that 100 percent. and one thing i'd written before before they started doing this army is liking to see more effort into the characters and imparting flavor and, and not necessarily just named characters and i think we have got that with a little bit with the northern alliance i mean the name characters certainly and we're seeing what clarion does and you know we've got um who's the berserker character uh, olaf olaf yeah and, and and just characters in general, like I, I'd really like to see hamming up with the flavour on, on the characters. And the other thing would be potentially, you know, more restrictions. So we've seen that with the Hearth Guard, so max of two, because yeah. uh, I've said this many times on the podcast before, I think that uh, more limitations in some ways allows a little bit more creativity in the rules combinations because you're not worried about, what happens if someone brings six? And, and I think the hearth card's a good example of that, right? You see two on the table and it's still pretty scary. But if there were four, you'd be like, Jesus, yeah. that's that's uh, that's rough. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, it was interesting. I listened to Cole um, Prezelinski talk about that uh, um, as part of the Masters coverage where, you know, like even on Scorchwings, they're okay in a unit. They're okay in three of them on the table, even maybe four. But when you see eight of them, you're just thinking, "Oh, this isn't this isn't fun. It's probably not where I want to where I want to be." So, yeah, restrictions for more than one, but you know, less than three for unlocking units. I think is a great idea. And look, we might see different unlock things in the in the past, but like I I really like that idea, and particularly that's a unit upgrade because I guess, but essentially, with the new kit, they've gone. Mm. We don't really currently have a proper, proper kit. Um, yeah. Is there an upgrade kit for it? 
for the husk or oh, for the half guard. Yeah. No, or you, you basically you, just have to change the base and say these get are a half bigger, guard. Get a bigger base for now. Yeah. You know yeah. that's that's and even with that individual thing, I really think that's where they can take the vault and go, hey, this special character. Like again, mm. as a halfling player, I wish they had it just pushed out and um, a master captain special character or even a master captain sdl yeah, yeah, like yeah. hey here's an aaron or here's even just a a unique looking halfling on foot that's a captain in your army that's just not one of mm. the repurposed stalwarts that you've got mm, i totally agree i mean to be honest it must be what they're thinking because they they're, they're packing a lot of value in at the moment like i think borderline too much that you know that they run out too quickly uh but but there's still be a lot of value in going through armies like that. You know, and oh, yeah. Still a, and, and still a lot of value to be had in the sci-fi stuff they don't produce. So I think, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping we'll see that. Or your, your much anticipated uh, that you want living legend sorcerer. Oh, yeah, Rawdon Gamsey. Gamsey. Yeah. Rawdon Gamsey. Mm. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, I'm, RC, like, please listen. Yeah. Rawdon Gamsey, living legend sorcerer. Give him something like cutting cutting words, where he just yells across the battlefield. I was going to say someone. special rule: anger in the kitchen, right? Oh yeah. And so, so extra. How about this? Extra plus one, plus one dice for all the rolls for the the auras. Oh yeah. He gets he gets one more maximum. I'm trying to think of a famous idiot sandwich. Maybe he just yeah yeah. Could... Or or do like the frozen thing that they've done in Northern Alliance. If it goes off, they have uh vicious you know when they do it as well oh yeah yeah that's actually yeah. i didn't even think about that yeah. yeah anger in the kitchen yeah yeah, yeah. or or foul mouth <laughs> yeah well i thought maybe maybe rawdon gramsy uh, rawdon gamsy needs to cause dread wherever he goes i was goes. gonna say dread foul mouth gives dread or or even if he i'm sure he could confuse and disorder someone with his with his cutting abuse that he hurls across the battlefield but Yes. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, so people, this is a, basically a little snippet of what you're going to get over the next few episodes as we work through the armies. So if you don't like it, skip now. Good luck, yeah. <laughs> yeah, skip now because uh, a lot of it will be unscripted. We'll throw some ideas around, you know, what would be flavorful, uh, what would take it in a new direction, and it's a, that's essentially what we're looking at. Yeah, so we, we might get into it. The way we're going to kind of run down is I think we're going to do it the way Elliot has done it on the on the companion. companion. We'll go through the list that way, except for where we will divert for it is if there is a companion list or a theme list of that army, then we'll talk about it immediately after. So, and the way Elliot has it done, I think, is as uh, alphabetically. So that means... The first thing we're going to talk about is abyssal dwarves. Now, do you want to chat about like what the the current thing is with abyssal dwarves, Dave? Like, what's their what's their shtick? You know, what where yeah, do they okay. come from? Mm. Um, so I won't go into I won't read out all their their fluff, but basically they've they've, they've lost they've been lost to King Golic, living in their homes. They were being twisted by the abyss. So when the abyss grew it and swelled with power, the the abyssal dwarves were invigorated with strength and purpose, and and they're a lot fatter because they use slaves a lot as well. Uh, slaves being and not just ratkin. They they have orcs and a few other 
slaves type things as well, don't they? Mm. Yeah, yeah, they do. I think, and then yeah, so they're really currently it's it's kind of this theme around the this like limited dwarf units with their harnessing slaves, right? And then Ex- and, and expendable being, stuff. Yeah, yeah, being touched by the abyss at the same time. I yep. think. Um, well, I think there's 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 something obviously going wrong with this list at, at some level because you don't see a lot of it. I, I don't think it's due to power. I think there's some reasonable power in the list. Although, if you listen to our army review, the army review, the guys disagree a little bit. So I don't think, but I don't think it's big about power. I, I think there's something that's not quite taking off with what this one feels like in in my mind. And so I quite like the mix of units it has. Like you've got these these various things from the dwarves to the grotesques to the the, the slave orcs. Like I like this whole idea. But to me, it just doesn't really well represent probably the fluff so well. Um, I really dislike the kind of antithesis of dwarves thing where they really have these units that are essentially the same but with a little bit different. I think it all fits a bit lazy. Like I get the idea that essentially they're meant to be like that, but I would like to see them take the dwarves in, in effectively a whole new direction, and, I, and I'm not quite sure that that we see the effect of the abyss well represented in their dwarf units. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll come back and talk about what maybe we would change. But uh, yeah, well, what do you think about that and those thoughts, like about uh, I mean, what they feel like? I guess off the bat, well, their special rules are throwing mastiff, right? There, it's and that's the that's the same as the dwarf special rule. If you look mm. in the in the book now. Angry dwarfs throwing dogs that explode. Well, I um, don't really know if they explode, but they they're going to cause attacks through range, right? I guess that kind of fits. And again, it's not a special rule, but it is a special rule with vicious. Now, I guess maybe that they've been twisted so much by the abyss that they're all foaming with the mouth with with rabies a little bit in a vicious rage, and they're and they are. You know, in combat, that little bit superior to to regular dwarves, maybe just a bit of a frenzy from from the abyss. But if you know, if you look at what the abyss is in forces, the abyss there's that there's regen out there, and I think besides the abyssal half breeds that the, that are in the this list, you don't you don't really see a lot of regen. So maybe they could sort of push that somehow. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a bit of a weird weird mix because they've got all these slaves that they've they've found but the slaves themselves aren't even really twisted by the abyss they're just sort of there sat mm. there's almost three distinct bits of the list isn't there there's like the dwarves then there's these abyss type units that are things twisted by the abyss um so yeah. i guess you think of the half breeds are effectively their brocks so you can think of them as dwarf like but they're not really and then yeah, well, I mean, slaves. So you've, you've got these three things. And, and I think probably what doesn't sing to me a lot is that they're not really synergistic, are they, amongst those things? Like you don't, within the rules, there's no reason to create that balance of a mix of units across the army is, is my feel. Yeah, well, it's interesting. So the, the abyssal half-breeds, they're, they're like an abomination more than a dwarf or, a, or an abyssal dwarf mm. or a slave. Um, and you've got all the golems uh, that are, well, their keywords Hellforged, but I guess they're kind of trying to go for that Earth Elemental style build as well. I mean, I, I like the I like the slave driver unit. 
it's interesting that it provides rally and not anything else because I would have thought a slave driver would do the opposite of rally a unit, mm. but. <laughs> well, uh, well, I think what it does, I guess, is think about uh, the way I see rally is it could represent could represent also like to me I, in that I see rally in that regard as it is a reason for them not to break. Do you yeah, know what true. I mean? So yeah, having yeah, yeah. a slave driver there, so so rally is less about making them more courageous, but it still bumps up their nerve because with that person there um, or with that slave driver there, they're they're less likely to go away. Yeah, that's true. And it's interesting yeah. that, that slave orcs are actually irregular in their list as well, where is I guess if you've got lazier dwarfs, and you know, maybe they're not their frontline fighting units, they're just the units that are there to add a bit of chaff. So, and you know, they're obviously irregular because someone spammed the hell out of them at some point before and broken the list with just bulk hordes. Well, that, that, that actually brings up a really good point, though, Dave. I think, yes. If the whole premise of the theme is that there is this reliance on slaves so much so that the dwarves are fatter, right, okay, or like less physically glorious than their uh, imperial dwarf counterparts, that because of having slaves is I think they need to find a way for the slave units to not be irregular. Yeah. But again, that yeah. you you would need a interesting. Maybe that's that limited unlocking that you could talk about. You know, yeah, like limited again. limited unlocking, or maybe you have to take. Yeah, oh, that's a great idea. So maybe for each unit, like say each regiment of dwarves, you can take two slave units or two regiments, or find something that you know it's not really a big change to the unlocks, but it works within that because of the theme of the army. I reckon that'd be really thematic. <laughs> Or yeah. what happens is, is you, one thing that I've thought of is because is to me the, the dwarves in this list are, are pretty meaningless, right? Like there's some good units, but they they don't really, again, they don't draw the list together. So what, what I would, I reckon one thing that they could do is in, in some way with the Abyssal Dwarf list is make you want to take dwarves, but make you want to take them because of their impact on other stuff right, which that unlocking yep. thing ties into. So the actual unit of dwarves rather than a slave driver improves the rally for the slave units or something like that, or yeah. um, the unit inspires slave units or things like that. And, and maybe you, I think we want them to play together so there's like this, oh, yeah, those slaves are there because these dwarves are making them be there. Yeah, and I, and I know they've got... Uh, golems in the list as well but it's interesting that if the way to play abyssal dwarves is not actually take any abyssal dwarves then yeah we, you probably want to shift it back so they they actually have a core they're, they're they're a part of the army you know that that's really what you want to build about and then you're gonna shoot off in your own little area from there mm. so for example like with the slave orcs my thought would be if, if you don't want to make them like if you want to make give a reason to take it, you can also like twist the base profile right down, right? So if you're going to create that synergy with dwarven units, potentially you start their nerve at like 17, 19, and then, you know, and obviously they need to be cheaper for that as well, but then other stuff brings them back up to where they are now and then hopefully you get where it's not a big deal if they're not a regular or unless you're looking at this different unlock thing. But, yeah. but I think the fact that they're irregular 
makes the the list theme not really work for me. Yeah, and I think you know if you really if they're slaves, yeah, they, they really could benefit from just tweaking down that that break value, that nerve as well. You know whether they're any more resistive to fight, and they really you know they don't because they're being stuck in the in the mines, slaving away that they don't you know they they don't have crushing strength or something like that. Or but yeah, yeah, true. I mean that's a that's a that's a good point. You know, although maybe they do because they've been working so hard in the mines. You know. Are they malnourished or are they lean and ripped? Who knows? Yeah, I think I think the options for this list are ones that really make it sing together. And then you you also don't really have that synergy between the dwarves and the abominations. And so I know not necessarily it's not necessarily thematic as it currently stands that the abominations are servants of the dwarves, but it's an abyssal dwarf list, right? So I still think you know, can you create some synergy there? What what I do like, whether it's the normal forces of the abyss or the abyssal dwarf list, is I do like the regen mechanic. Like I think that's reasonably representative of things that have been twisted by the abyss. I don't I don't well, mind that. It kind of pushes that endless wave as well. Um, and that, that's how I see it sometimes as well. You've got this endless tide of, of monsters spewing from the abyss. So, you know, those units can regenerate with reserves. Mm. And and I think, like, I'd probably lean into that maybe slightly more rather than the vicious thing because I think where, where they've had problems with the units being overpowered before with the abyssal dwarves is often because of vicious, like with the mortars and um, the old heavy mortars was like, you know, when it was piercing three, but you're also re-rolling once or piercing four, whatever it was. Um, yeah. So you were basically never not wounding. So I think that that vicious across the board is somewhat problematic for some profiles. Um, and and maybe, well, maybe then abominations only get it if you've got dwarves around, something like that. You know, is that how they affect abominations? And then the characters could say perhaps even influence regen. So if they're abomination-type abyssal characters, do they improve regen on some units or allow you to re-roll some failed regen? You know, something like that I think would be somewhat thematic. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know it's got to be harder on the battlefield and, and maybe it does make it a little more complex in the game. I, I really do like what the RC did with Halflings how you can move your sorcerers around the table there and move your auras with it so your army's always doing something different. It plays differently if you have sorcerers or not. Having mounted sorcerers again and how quickly you can push them around the battlefield, you know, you've got wild charge and all of a sudden, I know I've done it to you before, Master mm. Captain yeah. on, a, on, a, on a winged Aralez uh, is charging out 23 inches to take you out. Oh, yeah, more, more than once because I'm a slow learner. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I would love to see, in fact, I wouldn't mind, I don't know how many units on there, I think monsters and characters would be a good way to confine auras, right, and be able to make those things, or even just to characters, and be able to make the characters more flavorful, flavorful themselves, but in part flavor to the army. Yeah, you know? and, and it gives you a reason to take some of them as well, because some of the lesser taken characters... Yeah, and I think I think we because uh, what popped up recently, something like Olaf doesn't have inspiring, right? Something like that in Northern Alliance, um, yeah. or one of the characters doesn't have inspiring. And I think that's great. I think you know it would be good for a character to be so flavorful 
that you want to take it because of the flavour, not because it has inspiring, because we have seen the game. And I think you're going to have to if we want to see more individuals back in the game because it is so much in favour of the unit strength game at the moment. So you want to be paying for stuff that influences the units that do have unit strength more so than just just inspiring. So, yeah, yeah, I would I would love to see that. How do how do you think? Did you have any ideas on like the abomination dwarf interaction? I, I don't. Know. I, I see the abominations as the link to the abyss. So to me, it is an important part of the list, and mm-hmm. it really it can't be ignored. Yes, you've got the slave side of the list, but the abomination list is really that that missing piece between. Angry dwarfs and and the forces of the abyss. Mm. So yeah, I just yeah, think and I think it's how you get speed into the list. To be honest, oh, I agree. I think they should. I don't think there should be anything like removing abominations, but I don't think the abominations need to influence the slaves so much. The dwarves need to influence the slaves, and yes. I think, but I think the dwarves still still should have some, or other way around. Um, there should be some sort of interaction between the dwarves and the abominations from a, lo- a rules perspective. Yeah, because otherwise, I think you just have this disjointed list, and you you've got the you're kind of leaning into aspects or the other. Whereas I I think I don't know. I reckon goal should be you want to see aspects of all of that list on the table whenever you see an abyssal dwarf army, right? You want to see yep. some slaves, you want to see some dwarves, and you want to see some abominations. Just a sprinkle here or there. Yeah, yeah, a little sprinkle, a little bit of seasoning, you know. Yeah, if we're, if we're still talking, you know, it's Jamie, Jamie Oliver, sprinkle from a height, you know, mm-hmm. a, little, a little bit of salt from a height. Yeah, I, 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 I reckon if they could somehow lean into that, yeah, I, I don't think they need big changes because those changes I think would actually make all the units better together. If you were looking at things like, characters i'm just going to look at the list here because i mean to me i would love to see something like the hunting packs go from the abyssal dwarf list because they've got abominations right and i know that you could look at it as a form of abomination um they might even have that keyword do they? Uh, no, i wouldn't they, mind yeah, seeing them I, I wouldn't mind seeing them get to a point where they don't need throwing mastiffs but you know yeah, yeah. oh wouldn't. sorry throwing mastiffs and even the mastiff hunting pack like i just want to see i don't want to and, and often, like, the dwarf units they get are when you directly compare them to their dwarf counterparts are a little bit better. And I just, I just don't want to see this, oh, this is just the bad version of the dwarf one, right? I want to see the dwarf units in their own right have a little bit more flavour. Like, the, I, I think the Immortal Guard's great, you know, having their hell forged with regen. But let's, let's get rid of Mastiffs for the Abyssals and do something different. You know, Black Souls... Yeah, that's fine. You need a generic, boring unit, I think. That's fine. But how does that impact? Yeah, do the Black Souls, you know, allow you to unlock the things? The Berserkers, yeah, having a Berserker unit's also fine. But, you know, let, the interesting they thing with the Berserkers is kind of weird for me. Like, I like it, but why? They've got a slave driver, but they don't have a slaver unit, do they? They've got... Slaves and there's no nets. Oh, there is. There's, there is. There's slaver nets. The, bazir- the bissel berserkers can have a slaver net. Mm. So yeah, um, yeah, they're slaver nets. But they, yeah, I guess it makes sense on that. You, you're capturing your opponents within snare. I guess that's yeah. but so. But like, why have it on the berserkers? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. there's something that doesn't feel quite right. Maybe that should go to a normal unit like the black souls. You know, but these are our. 
our main infantry go out and capturing things like leave the berserkers to be doing the killing yeah well they're uh, the ones no that sense that, yeah well like why is your lowest defense unit become a tar pit unit within snare sniff- i think the mm. the the other units are the guys that are sniffed up on the abyss that are ready to uh, go and do some damage. But yeah, sniffed up on the abyss. That's it. Yeah. You got some Australian slang coming. Everyone yeah, in yeah, America. It's like, um, sorry. Oh no, no one in America would know what like doing the Tommy Radonicus is, which is like a <laughs> from a from a football. There's this iconic vintage of this uh, rugby league coach, and like he would sl- he would slap his slap his players across the face. And, you know, before going out to hype them up, it was gold. And I've seen him interviewed once too where because he was like in the old days of football where he didn't get paid anything. And I saw an interview where he once and so post-football he had to be a taxi driver, right? Yeah. And he had someone that wouldn't get out of the car until he slapped them across the face like some (laughs) clown that was drunk from a night out. And he was like, I just need you to give me the – I'll give you an extra 50 bucks if you give me the Tommy Radonicus. Fantastic. <laughs> what yeah. a legend. Yeah, what a legend. Rest in peace. Yeah, so I think, you know, I think if we saw some tweaks there, we'd, we'd get to a pretty good place with the old Abyssal Dwarves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you think, like, you haven't really commented on the, like, the the Dwarves, Abyssal Dwarves thing of how we kind of see them as a, you know, you've got this, they look like the poor man's dwarf. Oh, not, not the poor man's dwarves because often their units are better, but they're, they're, they've got that. You know, here's one from Imperial Dwarves, and now this is the Abyssal Dwarf version. You know, oh, the bent version, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say bad. Sorry, I don't mean bent. I mean like you know, twisted, angry, cranky, mm. sort yeah, of yeah. nasty dwarf. Yeah, yeah. shape version. Yeah. Uh, look, I guess they're different, and, and and I mean, you don't want it to you don't want it to be totally unrecognisable to dwarfs at all. So you do you do want some links. You know, I'm looking at the the immortal guard no see that is different again because you've got better attacking abilities as well you don't just have that straight defense five block that moves around you've got to take some exchanges for either more of an offensive power vicious different upgrades yeah like i said i i I wouldn't mind seeing throwing mastiffs go away just to make them more unique but up to whatever happens i guess yeah, well, I think because of the the speed that they have options to in terms of flies and things, they actually don't need the mastiffs to reach out and touch things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the dwarves, if you took that away from the imperial dwarves, they become a much worse list if they're not there as an option because it gives you less options to reach out and touch stuff when you when you're so slow. But yeah, yeah and with Floscore riders going into free dwarves, you know, probably that need goes away with free dwarves as yeah, well. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, maybe you can just make it a pure Imperial thing. There's only so many dogs you can throw in Panathor, all right? Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Poor dogs. What's with the animal abuse? I don't know. That's what I don't get. Yeah. Oh, well. I reckon, yeah, Ronnie's got a few skeletons in the closet, if you ask me. And so that brings us to their, I guess, effective sister list um, or their theme list, which is the Ratkin Slaves. I actually had to ask around to find out some lore on these guys, but... Long story is basically they're more specifically rather than generic slaves, so like uh, less so orcs, they're rats that are enslaved by abyssal dwarves. You know, I have been <laughs> well well documented as calling these guys the skid mark of Panathor. I don't believe they should exist, really. 
I kind of think it's just like pushing a theme that little bit further. I think it's a good way to sell models from both lists, potentially, if the list was better. But their special rules still currently, essentially, the throwing mastiffs on the dwarf units. One thing that is cool is I do like the slaves having the last breath rule. So um, when they're routed, all engaged units suffer 2d3 hits. So... If we ignore the fact that there's more non-Ratkin options in the Ratkin slaves list than dwarf options, sorry, more Ratkin options than slaves, and having a unit of slaves fight to the last breath kind of makes little sense. I mean, I guess if they were in the inspiring range. So I think, again, we just don't kind of see this nice interaction. They've given their slaves these nice rule. Um, but if we're going to keep them, you know, what, what, what role do the dwarves have and not just the characters? So the last breath rule plays really well into that trash style, just waves bodies, low nerve, probably very little to be inspired about. But also if they want to keep it, there there is a real opportunity here because there's not a lot of law written. So th- this list could be whatever they want it to be. Yeah, but <laughs> I did write, you know, if we think about it in a business model sort of view, Gee, these abyssal dwarves are throwing away all their slaves. What, what's going to do the work for them? Yeah, well, I guess the I guess the orcs, maybe the orcs. Yeah, true. They've still got the orcs in the and to back them up. But yes, destroying your workforce is really, really bad business model. But anyway, maybe they just need some pizza parties as like a special rule to give rallying. But I mean, yeah, we'll see. I don't know the, the list. It, it's 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 a it's a trash list, right? Like. It's only so much you can you can tweak it, but but you know, like, like we said, there's more abyssal dwarfs than rackins in the list. So, yeah. well, if you look at the um, if you look at what what units they allow from the master list, it's black souls, immortal guard, and berserkers, right? And so abyssal halfbreeds, though. There's yeah, abyssal halfbreeds yeah, yeah. in the so list, and you, you know, maybe they just wanted a cav option, but <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, the overmasters make sense. You know, you've got the slave drivers, actual black souls, because they look like the rank and file of your of your abyssal dwarves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think the last breath is cool in making the slaves thematic. It's, like I said, it's like that that wave of slaves kind of overpowering you, isn't it? You know, that yeah. to their, and they're being driven so hard by what's behind them. But So let's make that feel happen too, you know, that something's yeah. driving them hard. So, yeah, I think I think there's some bones there. But to, to me, it's also just because it's still slaves. Like I think if they do a better job of the integration of slaves into the other list, like why would you have this list? Oh, there is a, there's a, there is a special... Uh, unit isn't there that just um, goes to town. I'm trying to think of it now. I think it's one of. Is it one of? Is it a? Is it a? Their hero on a chariot that can just chew through things from the side. I'm not too sure. Maybe there's an actual Ratkin list mm-hmm. as well. But like, yeah, last breath two. I think only two units can actually take it in the list as well. So you've only got yeah, two. Right. You've got what slave warriors and slave wretches that are your, and slave nightmares that are your your. your that should be the bulk of your army, right? I mean, even one of them is a regular, so you're not going to see stacks of them. And then, you know, I would I would imagine I'd be looking at lots of Rakin, maybe one or two units of of dwarves, and then, you know, slaver style heroes that are pushing everything around the table. So, mm-hmm. I did like. I mean, I really do like the formation where the taskmaster and the chariot can just kind of make units blow up strategically when he's done with them. 
that actually makes a lot of sense fluff-wise, I think. But, mm. I mean, where to go from here? I, wouldn't would be one to get this total rework treatment maybe if they want to keep it or like you said um, wipe it wipe it off the underpants of of Panathor and move on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Give it a good wash. You know, full heat in the washing machine. Get it gone. Yeah, yeah, yes. All right. So that I think that concludes and that that, that gives people a pretty good idea. I think of uh, you know where where we're going to start with things. So let's move on to, oh, it's a little bit fortuitous that we were talking about the, the book uh, because the, the next army on the list is Vaiselia. And uh, we, yeah, we'll, we'll have a chat about, you know, what we, what we think they're meant to do, uh, what they could do with it. They're the next target. And, of course, we do have after that the theme list of Vaiselia, the Order of the Brother Mark, which is um, prop part brotherhood, part Vesalia. Um Yeah, we won't go into that the brother mark should just disappear and all of their units should appear in uh, Vesalia, but uh, we'll, we'll try and keep them going, but that would be the most sensible thing. But uh, Vesalia, I guess, being this, uh, it's, it's often talked about, you know, do the does good, evil, neutral really reflect, you know, proper styles of alignment in a, in a fantasy setting such as this that, you know, there are there's some aspects of what the the hegemony does that could be regarded as not so good in the idea of this um, religious fervor, I guess. So, I mean, for me, for me, I guess the the iconic bit of of Basalia is this kind of religious style bent, this dedication to the shining ones, and. I think one thing, like it, it recently got a little bit better with the changes to Alohi in terms of if, if anything with the human keyword is in combat with them, they get elite. Um, before that, I don't think they it did a really good job of of working in the Aloha thematically into the list. You know, they were kind of yes, they were inspiring, uh, which I guess was okay, but it doesn't really stand out in a list that has lots of access to inspiring anyway. And so it, it probably just didn't really reflect what I f- felt the theme of Basalia is. I, I guess at its core in terms of special rules, at the moment they've kind of got this healing iron resolve mechanic, which I guess is some sort of, you know, religious regeneration and or toughness um, from their dedication. I think that's okay, but, but I reckon we could do better. Uh, what's your initial thoughts on that, Dave? Yeah, because I, I, no, I picked up like the divinity magic as, and as their use of Iron Resolve, especially the Aegis fragment that they get as well, and 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 that's where I, that's where I picked up reading through um, at least steps of deliverance that how that all linked together. Yeah, uh, I, I do say that I, they are the alleged good guys in Panathor because they do a lot of stuff that I don't really think is particularly. Good. I, I mean, I don't think they have a great regard for human life in in general. Sometimes, mm-hmm. just especially with you, you see how some of the dictators act and stuff like that. Especially in the books, no spoilers. But yeah, very, uh, very British, aren't they? Yeah, the, yeah. The underling, underlings can get thrown away in in favour of them of the anything in service to the motherland. Dying for the causes. Yes, you yeah. you die a noble death. Go be yeah. chaff. See you later. Yeah, Off yeah. you go. Yeah, send the Aussies into Turkey. Sure. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> too soon, too soon. Uh, yeah, I, I reckon they could do. I, I like what you were talking about with with Aloha really spurring the units on in battle. Um, I, I guess having a unit that's inspiring in speed ten and melee three is probably good enough anyway. But I, I could see some cause there for those other boosts in combat, like um, elite or even rally or something like that as well. I think you could have a lot of fun here if you did push down into the different chapters and different orders 100%. that you could have within yeah. Vesalia. So, and again, I can't remember the exact orders that Orion's in or that other, um, or the other one they talk about in the book as well, but you could each skew down them to having different flavors of a defensive doctrine or an offensive doctrine that has range in it or an offensive doctrine that's around battlefield maneuverability. And then, again, if you did merge them all together, really have one that dumped off, um, that, that didn't go down a, a religious doctrine and was one based on the like the old school brotherhood, uh, brother mark, or, or even just that men-at-arms flavour. And you had other sort of military drill precision stuff like that. And, you know, I think Ordered March might be a really good use of that as well in just having these not special fighters they're not over the top or anything but they just had that battle drill you know precision sort of marching to give effectively nimble around the battlefield to maneuver where they needed to yeah i, I was 100 percent going to say the same thing about the orders i think that's something they could and should really lean into for theme and, and you can do you can just do that as upgrades right they've they've kind of i think tried it on with that character that's in Brother Mark, where they, that can take different marks, I think it is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Um, oh, we'll look it up later. The but, Lone Ranger or whatever he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Lone Ranger, yeah. That's um, what I think of him. He's got like the Hawk <laughs> or the Wolf or the... Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Or something right. like that, I think. Yeah, and so I think obviously it wouldn't yeah. have those names, but they could lean into that, and and particularly with the sisterhood too, right? It's So at the moment I just feel like... Like I, I've taken some sisterhood units reasonably effectively, but they kind of feel like the poor cousins of the list at the moment and they just feel a bit like, yeah, we'll give them some extra attacks, lower defence and give them vicious, you know, no matter yeah. what, no matter what the sisterhood type unit is. And I think you basically can effectively make that, well, it is an order, right? Well, I was going to say that they are their own order in themselves. They have their own doctrine, their own ranks, their own hierarchy. Like they should be fighting along as elites just like any other paladin. But Mm. And so maybe they do keep the iron resolve thing across the board, but, but perhaps it's limited to these more elite units unless the Aloe around, and then they can give it to you more men-at-arms style. And maybe rather than the Aegis Fragment, that things like the Aloe give that IR2 instead of one, like perhaps that's a way it could interact. That's pretty powerful. But I'm that, that not would... against that, mm. but I would be against seeing like six hordes of Aloe on the table because, again, you've got these units that are supposed to be like very yeah. rare occurrences on the battlefield, but yet you're only ever going to see them if they become the best thing out there. Well, I think with their current stat line, like you more often than not don't see that. Like some people can make it work, but you often if you're taking all of that, you don't have quite enough crushing, but it's still a very elite, quick army and it inspires itself. So I agree, you don't, you don't want to see it all on the table, all of them on the table. But I think that's also why... 
like it's not like they'd give IR2 to each other. Do you know what I mean? It's all about probably inspiring the humans. And, and I, what, what I really get from the, from the book is basically these tiers, right? So you've got the uh, Aloe godlike beings, then you've got the orders, and then you've got everyone else who's basically yeah, your men-at-arms, spearmen, stuff like that. I was so say, I, then you've got these orders, then you've got 40 layers of shit, and then dirt, yeah, and yeah. then you've got all these orders. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and you've you got the spearmen, have- the swordsmen, the crossbowmen. And, and so, yeah, I, I reckon leaning into the tiers and the orders would really improve the theme overall with the Aloe somehow binding that all together. So I'd be, incli- I'd be inclined because I think, yeah, the Spearman, everything has Iron Resolve at the moment. So I'd, be, I'd be, yeah, so I'd be inclined to kind of take that away from the Dirt units pretty sure at its base level. Have iron Resolve, don't yeah. they? I'm pretty sure uh, the have Iron Resolve. Do they? Oh, no, they don't. There you go. No, One thing don't. does it. But, like, make it all a little bit cheaper to reflect losing that, but then have it interact with other stuff. You know, or, or or maybe the sisters give it. Like I can't remember. Like, I mean, they're a fighting order, but I can't remember what other fluff is behind them. Can you? The sisters. Yeah. Uh, no, I think. I mean, I, I take the lightly armored, meaning they're more nimble out there. I don't mean. I mean, you look at Estelle as a warrior. She was. I mean, well, she was gifted in her own right, anyway. But yeah, they, I mean, again, you, you look at some of their like, you know. I'm trying to think, wasn't she a demon hunter or something like that as well? Yeah. Well, you say something order. right there, actually. Lightly armoured plus plus is like is the easy way to, to um, portray that is lower defence. But maybe maybe the special rule to lean into the sisterhood units is, is the infantry get nimble as well, just like the panther lancers do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And actually, that's interesting, right? So you've got an army that's hell-bent on hating the abyss. You reckon that's portrayed in their list? I don't think it is, but I, I think there would be issues with leaning into one army being against another. So, like you said, you might have a unit that's demon hunter esque, right? So, and you see that in other lists. But, but I was thinking this when we were talking about the Abyssal Dwarves. I almost talked about, you know, could you have something that makes them better against Abyssal Dwarves, or or does something? Sorry, abyssal dwarves. If they're against like the imperial dwarves, but the problem is, is that you probably power it up too much, and in some way they have to pay for that. But then, in, against every other army, they're paying for something they're not using. They have a little bit of that now. I think there's some cold hatred arm. Um, I think Varangar and stuff like that, Carnal Line mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, and I have no problem with Mantic pushing like, a, hey, we've got a narrative rule set out here. You want to play some campaigns? Here's some fun rules. These guys, yeah. hate these guys, these guys are going to buff these guys. But if you did that and you had and you really skewed, you know, paper beats, rock beats, scissors for. Like stuff like masters, it would just probably yeah. just shit it out the window. Then yeah. Well, I, I think that really fits in where they could put that in is in those that rule style that they've currently got sitting in the legendary games, which I really want to try, but I still haven't. But you know where they um, they've got the the planes of existence for magic and stuff like that. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think they could really do that. But next game we set up on UB, we should look at that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, so I, I think probably like uh, the the iron resolve thing is is a is a good thing to keep. But if you 
if you make it interact. And so I think one of the things that I thought that if you did some sort of iron resolve mechanic increase with, say, the Alohi or with the orders or something like that, you might actually take away some of their access to heal. So you might, you could still have your Phoenixes, but maybe you don't let some of the other units have the heal that they have so far because you give it, you're effectively giving them easy mode heal in other ways. Well, they've got um, all wizards and they've got priests and they've got a phoenix and they've all got iron resolve and then one off iron resolve too as well. And then they've got lots of defense five as well. So, yeah. And there's enough other spells now that you can give them something else that probably feels a bit thematic. Like uh, with the priest, what could you do? I mean, for some reason, yeah. I don't know. I've never seen someone pay for Martyr's Prayer, even though it's thematic. I think because because of um, uh, what's the rule when you go over your nerve with damage? Devastated. Yeah, when you're devastated, like that that spell became a lot worse than than when it first came into the game. But I don't know. Maybe maybe the priest, maybe Veil of Shadows feels thematic. You know that uh, because it's you know a, a heavenly veil rather than than something else. Uh, in, instead of heal. So I think they could play around with that. Uh, any other ideas? Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, if they went down the order route to start off with, I think I'd be happy enough. So, like, that would be mm. a solid change. I'd be all for in general anyway. Mm. And, and I, again, I wouldn't, if they pointed it right, I wouldn't be against Aloha being these buff units at the same time or even the Aloha doing it. Yeah, exactly. And in the list, they've already got that feel of an order in all the units that are specifically Sisterhood, right? So I think the first job is to make that that order better. And then the easy way to build in the other orders is probably upgrades to things like the um, the Paladin Foot Guard. Yeah, or it might be a good first case to think about a new unlocking system in 4th edition with... How would we do it if we treat it and this unlocked certain units and that unlocked certain units or something like that? Or you mm. picked an alignment in the list and then that gave you X units or what? Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's got um, – what I do like in the list, though, it's already got some pretty flavorful characters. Like it's got some good individuals, right? You don't see them a lot necessarily, but, you know, plenty of them are takeable and they've all got a little bit of flavor. And so I think – we just need to see that powered up a little bit. Yeah. Mm. And then the difficult thing is is if you're making all that stuff more flavorful is tweaking the flavor on on some of the special characters, right? So I don't yep. – um, Nias probably doesn't – wouldn't need to change anything, but then you've got your Samacris and Julius. You know, so Julius probably doesn't need to change really actually. Um, well, I'm, and I'm all for – I'm all for special characters being stuff that adds fluff and theme to your army and not necessarily the best choices you can make. I mm. think if you really go to, like, efficient lists, you're probably going to drop some of those special characters because you probably pay for points. Where you can't stack an item on them anyway to tweak it how you exactly need. But, you know, and like, I mean, Naeus is in Steps of Deliverance. Well, he's mentioned in Steps of Deliverance, isn't he, I think. But, yeah, there mm. is a bit of fluff around their background as well. So they're not just characters that are just a name on a book. Uh, name it name in a book once no 100 percent. like instead of if you wanted to strip some heal and make someone like samacris a little bit better she's got purging flame on fireball so you could instead of flyball you could do uh what's the one blood boil something like that but you call it oh, something, yeah. you know it's effectively blood, blood boil but it's like a 
you know, it's got a holy aspect to it. Yeah, like purging flames or something like that. I can imagine yeah. you like I can and I can imagine you turning like a demon's blood to just or boiling a demon inside of it, you know what I mean? Like you're sitting there pushing your your holy sort of energy across the battlefield. That would that would make sense to me. Mm. Well, that, I mean, that's a that's an inter- interesting and easy way to kind of add in that anti abyss thing, right? You could have optional upgrades on very selected units that are effectively the fire oil mechanic. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, because you'd imagine that, well, it doesn't really work that way. But a lot of stuff that has regen is monster well, or abyss like, right? I think that would just be fire oil anyway, because most of forces of this have regen, so mm. it kind of works. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we have the um, the theme army of the brother Mark, and and so when the when the brotherhood drowned, some split and joined Basalia, and the others the others turned towards the Green Lady and nature, um, and the knights who aligned with Basalia became known as the Order of the Brother Mark. They kept some of their identity for the promise of financial and yeah. infrastructure security and, and ceded the land of Basalia um, and then took up, I guess, some of that military doctor, doctrine. So it, they still have access at the moment to this army-wide iron resolve and, and like I said, we're basically going to talk about it as if they they don't disappear. And then, But then we really see it's interesting, it's... It's kind of like by having the old villain options, it's almost like I kind of feel like the men-at-arms and spearmans in, in Basalia are meant to be the villain-style options, but then when you see it in this list, they're like, no, they're not the villain. These are the villain. Yeah, the villain <laughs> you know is just I mean? like how yeah. much, how dirt cheap can we get stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, are the, these are the serfs. They're basically. speed humps, really. Like they're not even yeah. – I'm surprised they haven't given them weapons. Their keyword is expendable. Mm. So, oh, is it really? Yeah, I've never, I've never yeah, really gotta, uh, seen that. Uh, well, the, the penitents have that keyword, mm. expendable. And and I would like to see, like, if they did merge, I'd like to still see some villain style units in Basalia. Like, I think it fits that fluff well, that those really that tiered society. Um, well, could, you could even have a mercenary, just a cheap, like, merc unit that's just nothing but chaff as well. Mm. Well, I think at the moment, if you are given that this is a theme list, uh, you, you were talking about how anti-abyss are they. This is probably, if this list was to say, this is probably where you focus on that mechanic rather than in Basalia, I reckon, because yeah, you've yeah. kind of got it already in the in the Abyssal Knights, but you, you'd probably just power that up and leave them do it a bit more, I reckon. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, we've got the Order of Abyssal Hunt. You've got the actual Paladin Monster Slayers. And I think you've got another unit down there, Oathsworn Guardians, as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can really see these guys are hell-bent on taking down um, the um, Abyss. I'm just looking at yep. their... I'm trying to think exactly what their um, formation was. Oh, was. I'm pretty sure that's... And that's it was the, oh, the formation. That's the one that's got the dragon in it. <laughs> it's got the... Um, the dragon and the two two regiments of knights. Yeah, and yep, they and gain all... um, they gain brutal as well. And um, the dragon gains. What does it gain? Cloak of death and brutal. Yeah. Now here's a interesting take on all of this. I know we've talked about potentially they they should go, 
well, you know, is there room for him in fourth edition? But I would love to see Mantic do a campaign on, you know, just some of the area around Basalia as well and, and, and you know, maybe the brother mark really fall instead of getting just destroyed and gobbled up into the Basalia list. Maybe they defect, maybe they do turn to the Abyss or maybe they turn and fall to the void or something like that and we see them... Become the uh, Dark Knights of the Apocalypse. Or something like that. And, you know, maybe that that's a way of making um, Forces of the Abyss that little bit more unique to Panathor as well because they've got some uh, Valayan troops in there, even more chaff than the Relentless Forces of the Abyss have. Or maybe they've got some some units that don't get regen anymore, but, you know, they have other rules instead. And you know, they'd probably lose Iron Resolve if that's that healing magic they get from being able to channel Divinity and stuff like that. But... Yeah, I don't know. I could, I could see that going that way as well. Now, I will say they do have a special rule that's unique to Brother Mark. They've got the Gauntlet. Uh, so this mm. unit against Duelist. And pretty sure only one unit can take the Gauntlet. So it's not an army one special rule. <laughs> it's just a rule that one person can take. It's, a, unit. Can, it's, a, it's a one unit wide special rule. It's a unit upgrade mm. as well. Uh, that thematically... Yeah, I can, I can see a very chivalrous knight upholding a code wanting to throw down the gauntlet and call a duel, but uh, to me it's probably not special enough to say that this is an army special upgrade because mm-hmm. just about anything can take the... Is it the Morningful Blade? There's a there's an upgrade. There's a there's a special weapon you can give that gives duelists in as a magical upgrade anyway. Yes, yeah. Mm. So if the Aegis Fragment is that healing from the Aloha and you've been able to channel that divinity Do, does it really fit this list yeah uh probably not well there's no aloha in the list is there no 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 i agree so i think i think we'd we'd want to see it take a fairly divergent path right so to me this is the this is probably where you get in a basalian list when you lose your um religious protection from the shining ones right Mm. So this would be this would be what Basalia was like before they got any sort of protection from the Shining Ones before they had their Holy Orders and they were just skilled warriors. But that yeah. said, I, I, I mean, I love the flavor they put in here with the Order of the Basalant. The Paladin upgrades to have the um, the Osworn Guardians and stuff like that, even their formation. I think that, that more of that, please. That's what I want to see. I, I, I like what's in the formation. Like I like the feel that brings to the list. And and I think I think that feel actually belongs in the main Basalian list, but that could be order related. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. You could you could yeah. nearly have Brother Mark as an unlock, right? Oh, you pick Brother Mark. Okay, that means you get these well, CCs, but you can't take a low height, right? Yeah. Well, I think I, I, like it's almost the vibe you need to feel from the orders in in Basalia is that they've they create their own mini formations. Yep. By the way, they interact yeah. with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so let's uh, let's move on to the the mightiest of of all of all factions, the mighty mighty dwarves, right? I can see Ronnie skipping to right now and listening to. Oh spin. yeah, yeah. If Ronnie and I had a child, it would certainly look dwarven. You know, just come out with a big beard on. I don't know who'd give birth, but um, probably not you. We'll fig- we could figure that out. Could figure that out. Yeah, have it in the prenup. We 
The fluff of the dwarves is that the greatest of all dwarven crafts is undoubtedly that of war, and and they've kind of got this this rhetoric around how rhetoric around how muscular and tough they are. Um, their bones are hard to break. They've still got that old trope of the of the lack of affinity for magic. Uh, sorry, lack of affinity for magic. Um, as, as in kind of seeing it as a bit frivolous and, and that conquest remains the chief pastime, particularly of the Imperial Dwarves. So we're going to focus on the Imperial Dwarves first. And so one thing that I think has been interesting across editions and across um, across uh, different Clash of Kings packs is we gradually saw the introduction of more and more magic into the Dwarf list, which is fine if that's the direction what that way you want to take but it's not the written fluff as it stands. And so I'd actually, it fits better in the free dwarf list with the, the idea of the stone priests and things like that. So if I was rewriting the imperial dwarf list and keeping the free dwarf list, I'd almost consider getting rid of, getting rid of things like the golems from the imperial dwarves and leaving them in the free dwarfs only. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Imperial Dwarves should be about the dwarves. You know, the dwarves and, and maybe the Brocks. But if we're keeping both lists, I would try and differentiate between the Brocks in both lists as well. So maybe maybe for the Imperial Dwarves you drop the amount of Brock attacks but have them back up at Defence Five or something. So representing this more heavily armored tough list. And then well, you could have the free dwarves leaning more into the berserker style thing. I was gonna say, I imagine they wouldn't be berserker rocks. They would just be like ironclad on rocks or something like that. Well, and this is the thing, and like at some point they will redo the dwarves probably, right? But if they wanted to try it out, I mean, they can actually just release the same mount for both and be doing different riders. Like I don't think, even if they did it in plastic, probably alternative builds for the riders yeah. is, wouldn't be that hard. I would love to see bulwalkers on Brocks just with the spears as well. <laughs> that would be at least entertaining. At, at, but and mm. it, you're right. It's, and you know what? It's I'm only looking. I'm just looking through some of the unit entries now. When you talk about their their not distrust of magic, but where they see it in society. Yet, like the poor old warsmith. I wonder is mm. it, wonder if that's ever been taken. I've taken it once or twice, but it was back in like second edition. The the elite the elite is one of those things where they tried to say elite warsmith or what was it? Is it elite warsmith? It's elite range for warsmith and iron watch rifle. Iron yeah. watch only. And so. and so they recently added the iron watch because before that they added the warsmith. And and the reality is is the warsmith units, um, the iron watch units themselves are probably a bit too crap still. Um, most of the time, so you don't want yeah. to pay it for those. And then when you're looking at the war machine, so if you if you're taking it to sit near, say, an organ gun, like on a standard roll, you've got you've got twelve attacks to hit, and so you might get two re rolls, right? Yeah. And that's um, on a unit that's only got a 12-inch piercing one shot anyway. So if that's sitting there, yeah, machine, 24, I think is it 24. Uh, I think the Warsmith's only got like a twelve-inch range. Oh, oh sorry, the the Warsmith itself. Yeah, but but on an organ gun or something. But so I've just never found that you get enough value for the special rules. So instead, yeah. 
if you're removing magic, move him. And I know it's going back to an old trope and it's a little bit GWE, but like maybe the Warsmith becomes more runic, you know, that the magics are in their, their runic style. Um, and like I love Mantic making stuff their own, but I, I think they can actually lean into that with the Free Dwarves and maybe they keep something that's still a little trope-like in the Imperial Dwarves, but with this idea of conquering, which is against the trope, I guess. So it, it's got some trope aspects and some not, if you know what I mean. And I think... I was just say, the thing that I think that goes against the trope is, like, again, they're allegedly good. I think that King Golic is potentially ruling with an iron fist as well, and, you know, maybe these dwarves aren't as good as they say they are. Mm. I could see the steel juggernauts really like coming to the front with those warfsmiths as well as yeah. maybe like those reverend um, units that they have in their army. I mean, they yeah. are pretty good at the moment as well. So you probably are going to see a few more of them, but uh, I'm all for seeing the rocks and the stone priests go and, and, and seeing like maybe a unit of dwarves on large beasts or something like that coming to the front instead just to take that. Oh, yeah, that's scale, cool. Yeah. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, so stick the Brox and keep the berserkers only in the free dwarves as well. And maybe you got large, large cab instead that are a bit slower, more like frost fangs. I was going to say something like a frost fang ish, mm. something, something along the lines of that. If it's going to be very dwarfy it's probably going to be hard to crack and and it might have a bit of punch but it's not really going to chew through a lot after that but it'll give you that range around the battlefield i don't think- yeah i mean i know another no other rangers do it but something mountainous like bears would fit right so yeah yeah mm. and um, again they've said ordered march as a mechanic for the new um uh, for the northern alliance dwarves i could see that fitting in perfectly in an imperial army that's for sure i i can i mean i think their theme uh, from a gameplay point of view i mean obviously a lot of this depends on kind of what happens across the board i actually think i'm not a big fan of introducing and this is someone who plays dwarves more than anything else i'm not a big fan of bringing ordered march into the imperial dwarves because i actually think there's a risk of making them too good with ordered march because I actually think they're a fine scenario army as they are. They're not a great tournament army because they don't win big. But from a scenario point of view, yep, it can be challenging. But I think the real the real fluff of this is the resilience and the high-armoured toughness of the dwarves, which they've currently got, and I would look to enhance that a little bit more. But I think if you then give resilient, high-armoured stuff ordered march where it can move at the double and pivot all of a sudden you're sticking units and i know that'll still only take him to move eight but you're still you're sticking units that are unlikely to be taken off in one go and being able to put them almost exactly where you want and so something you can pivot it and then something has to charge you and open up their flank more easily say than than other things yeah so I, I have a little bit of a concern. I've never tried it. I'm not involved with playtesting anymore. I've expressed concern, but I, yeah, so I, I wonder for, for people that are used to playing dwarves and are good at dwarves, um, whether that could be easily become a little bit too powerful. And, and instead, yeah, I just keep leaning into that more resilience mechanic. So I like the idea of things like on um, Garrick Heavy Hand, I think having Radiance of Life. So, 
um, things like that to to boost the resilience uh, along with that iron resolve mechanic. Yeah, well, I think I, I would rather see them get ordered March than any increase to speed. Um, that's for sure. But I, I wouldn't give them an increase in speed. The only thing uh, we talked about this locally, and a local guy Jules brought it up. Rather than speed, I'd prefer, and rather than ordered March, I'd prefer to see them something get something like Wild Charge two across the board. So, yeah. and you can call it, you know, lean. Uh, make it Lord of the Rings and, you know, call it the Sprinter's special rule or very fast over short distances, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah. I could see that fitting into Freedom Wars. True. Um, yeah, yeah, 100%. Really it could fit well, into right. either. Or, or I, don't, I don't mind ordered March so much, except you might call it something different in the Freed Wars because they're typically lowered armour, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then if you're already giving them Pathfinder and things, um, we'll come to those. But... Yeah, but again, yeah. you're talking about you're talking about military precision and drill and stuff like that, you know. And again, it, it really is. It's one more pivot over eight inches. So, you know, I I I, I mean, I'm sure I trust the RC that they'll make sure that they don't make anything that's you know overpowered or anything like that. Because you still you're only really moving eight inches. The the bigger issue is that you're going to throw a mastiff at me. But if you're doing that, you're not moving eight inches anyway you're only moving four inches before you're going to start launching mastiffs at my face anyway yeah and and maybe the good thing about it is is maybe it makes you less likely to take mastiffs so it gives a little bit more variety in the list yeah that's um, true yeah but, but but more than that i'd just love to see them keep leaning into the resilience aspect i think but resilience from a dwarven point of view rather than having all the high def options including including the rocks. You know, they've got enough DEF 6 and enough DEF 5 without it. I wonder um, with elementals in general, it just feels like maybe sometimes, and this I know it's probably going to sound like a, 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 a jab, but you're talking to someone who has many, many Mantic Forest Shamblers because I really like that unit. Like they just sort of said, here's all these elementals, which ones could go where? Oh, you can have Forest Shamblers, you can have um, Fire Elementals, you can have Earth Elementals. You can have earth elementals. They can all be in nature. Well, you think so. you think you think Ronnie was impersonating Oprah? <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit. You get earth elementals. You get earth elementals. We all get earth elementals. <laughs> and forest shamblers too. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them just go. By the way, to so be I'd... fair, in in at the release of second, I think it was literally dwarfs and nature that that had yeah. things like. Um, the earth elementals. Because who gets them uh, now? Green Lady get them, I think. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Is it? Isn't it? Um, oh, sorry. It is Green Lady. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, it, whereas and three dwarfs and, too. Yeah. And like elves and nature had shamblers, so I don't think they were that spread out, but they came became more spread out with Uncharted Empires and subsequent cop packs in the third edition. Yeah. So, um, but I think part of that was because. You know, Mantic had lots of models for the elementals and they wanted to mantify in terms of model ranges some of these theme armies a bit more. Yeah, um, and, I mean, I like the I like the minis as well. Like I said, I bought that many Forest mm-hmm. Shamblers because I like them, but it, it just feels like if you buy a couple of elemental units, then you're always only like three more units away from another army. So, Well, yeah, with that being the point, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, like, I mean, we've been alluding to them, but we've got the, the dwarves that threw off Golok's yoke, which are the free dwarves, and, and they're meant to be this more surface-dwelling forest-like dwarves, which 
you know, on part one, I kind of said if they really wanted to go only Mantic, I'd I'd probably go Free Dwarves over Imperial. But it, it sounds like, I mean, for, for the purposes of this, we're doing both anyway, but it sounds like on average, you know, that they're, sorry, not on average, it sounds like the intent is to keep both. Um, and actually, I'd, I'm just looking at the throwing Mastiff thing. If they wanted to differentiate them and if they were kept leaning into the, if they gave Imperials ordered March, then I'd consider about taking the throwing Mastiffs away from the Imperials as thematically they feel a bit more right in the Free Dwarves. And there's only so many places that you can grow and, like, breed Mastiffs in Panathor just for throwing purposes as well, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Abyssal Dwarfs have them, Racking Slaves have them. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of April, like, it's them. just everyone's got throwing Mastiffs. Well, now everyone gets a Mastiff because they're chucking yeah, yeah. them as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Just careful throwing the dog your bone. Yeah, so that like I think that's a simple change. I actually think from a themeless point of view, maybe they haven't quite got the power level right, but I think this is almost one of the best themed lists that they've done so far prior to the 2023 changes of tweaking a list to make it feel more like the theme it's meant to represent. And so, like, they've got all these units where you get the option of purchasing Pathfinder, which is awesome. I like the idea of purchased upgrades and but like, having it across a whole heap of units. So if you are doing it, it does make it feel thematic. And, you know, they've tweaked the Brocks to give them throwing axes. Uh, the Berserkers, I think, are a little bit different. But, yeah, I think I think there's enough units across both armies, like we said, that they've kind of tried to do and separate them a little bit, but I, I think they can do better. They've given them a giant uh, Titan rock formation that spews fireballs at you. I, 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 like, I do like, uh, what's the name of it? Is it Bannock Colarm? Oh, yeah, it's a giant, good character. What's, yeah, yeah, what's the, it's Bannock and Kragos. Titan. Yeah, Kragos, that's right. Yeah, that thing's wrecked me so many times. That mm. giant um, fireball spewing titan, but I, I actually like it in the list because here again you've got some stone shapers that are really looking to make a list around earth elementals. But you've got enough speed in the rest of the list that you can have a bit of fun at the same time as well. You're not just mm. oh, you've beaten my def six wall. Get you know time for the def five wall of ironclad. But you know you've got other freedom wolves in there at the same time. I do mm. like that in this list as well. Um, They've given you a couple extra options, but they've just limited you outside of that as well. I think they've added the spear levy, haven't they? Besides, they've just taken away some other options as well. All the, the real, it's not tech, I guess, but like the Warsmith style stuff went. I guess that's the key word, isn't it? Warsmith. Well, yeah. And, but, but what I would do actually is because they've still given them, because basically I think they had that Jaron, the um, Jaron Ironmonger who was a warsmith, lives with the Free Dwarves. But I... Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I'd, I'd consider having him back with the Imperials and almost almost stripping the Free Dwarves of all, artil uh, all artillery, but obviously giving them something else in return because you've got to have some option to, you, to shoot, right? Yeah, you've got um, giant fireball-spitting rock titans. Yeah, but maybe, maybe in the Free Dwarves list... Uh, so, again, maybe you take away ranges from the Imperials and that they're only available in the Free Dwarves but make them better. Yeah. 
you know, so like they're, they're currently, I think, you know, a lot of people argue they're missing like something like steady aim or something like that, but you get the benefit of crushing. But I think that's, I think the reason not to give them in steady aim is because there's a lot of good shooting in dwarves already. And I think it's been a really smart move. People who don't see that because it's not just about the unit, right? It's about how everything else interacts. But I don't think, I don't think steady aim in the free dwarf list would be a problem. Well, if the resilient shooty dwarves are the imperial dwarves, and I like that the Golux Fury and the um, Steel Behemoth have gone in the free dwarves, you've got these manoeuvrable, lightly armoured. I mean, we're going to see them get frost claws. I think they've said that, haven't they? Yeah. True. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which yep. is which is perfect thematically. Oh, you're going to have speed ten nimble units in this army too now, which is going to be game changing mm. for dwarves. And then you've got Defense 6 Earth Elementals you can build an army around and even shoot fireballs from. Yeah, but still fits with that, like, earthy on top of the ground type dwarves, right? Yeah. And then you've got Hernaeus. So I don't think you need – you've got Hernaeus, Bannock, Colarm. You probably get rid of Garrick Heavy, Heavy Hand. You've got Sferi. You've got these – you've already got thematic characters and you can probably get rid of some of the artillery base from it, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and but I, I just I I like this list because it's just very unique, and to me, it's almost like that. unique yeah. and unique, and I think the way they've done the special rules is representative. You know, yeah, and, of, and of they've what? given them they've given them the fluff too of like they've they're off they've they're done being oppressed. You know, they're ready to to be their own dwarves. You know, in their own world, they're done with Gullock. Yeah, and, and, and I think if you separate those, as we've talked about even more, you can actually continue to tweak those units to power them up a little bit more in that sense because they're not available in multiple lists. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that. Or you could, yeah, or maybe maybe the Free Dwarfs still get something like the Iron Watch crossbows, but the Imperials don't. The Imperials just have the rifles. Yeah, well, they've got. Oh, is it a rifle upgrade or are the Rangers upgrade? That's that Hanaeus's handgunners. Yeah, yeah. That's are they handgunners? I think that's just Hanaeus's Rangers, aren't they? Well, they used yes. to be Hanaeus's yeah, Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Hanaeus's handpick Rangers. So, yeah. what are they? Mm-hmm. They're a range for twenty-four inch shooting mm-hmm. unit. So, thirty inch, no, twenty-eight inch foot range thing. So that's pretty still solid. Well, I reckon we'll we'll wrap it up there because we've given you we've given you a taste of where we're going. Let us know what you think. You know, Dave will take it to heart, and I won't listen at all. <laughs> probably, he probably he probably won't come on part three because he'll be too busy crying about you know how no one agrees with us. Um, no, I'm just going to take it that if if anyone who disagrees, I'm assuming you're disagreeing with Matt, not me. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair story of my life. Yeah. That's it. No, I can't wait to come back next time and talk about elves and. Yeah, what do we got? What, 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 let's, uh, I think we'll hit, yeah, we'll go through into elves last time, which of course have Sylvan Kin, which is another one they've done well. Um, EOD and nature. Uh, we'll, we'll be going through a fair bit next time. And, um, and Green Lady Herd, stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I'm excited because I think there's a lot they can do with them as well. Yeah. And, and obviously, you know, we're very aware that what we're talking is opinion and facts and, uh, a lot of I've, <laughs> more I've said, opinion I've, than I've, facts. More opinion than facts. Sorry. Um, <laughs> opinion and facts yeah right but you know let us know if you like because most of this like i said was unscripted so we're like coming up with the ideas as we're talking but i think I'm waiting for someone to say well actually 
that was, uh, I believe, if you read this bit of law here in this book, that you'll find that what we've said is totally wrong tonight. So, that oh yeah, true. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But I bet there's some little nuggets in there. And if we see any of this stuff appear in rules in the future, there is no way RC thought of it without us. Yeah. And again, <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Look, to anyone on the RC, if you're listening. Rawdon Gamsey, please, please, Rodden Living Gamsey. Legends. I don't Living Legend Sorcerer, Rawdon mm. Gamsey. Rawdon Gamsey, I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And oh, see, we had so many names for special rules. Maybe he needs another one like Michelin Star or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Michelin throwing stars. Having said that, I don't know if he's actually ever had a Michelin star. Probably not. No, I think if you're too busy on TV, you, you probably don't uh, not winning. He's too busy hanging out in in horrible cafes in and and crappy seaside hotels in England, just blowing up at people about how their menus are crap. Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of his Hell's Kitchen? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, see, you can do it without stealing. So it's Rawdon Gamsey, so you're not stealing his name. And then the special rule is Abyssal Kitchen. Yeah, Abyss's Kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dave, do you want to take us out? Yeah. All right. I'm Matt Croger. Keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, hope you enjoyed, guys. Before before this degenerates further, we're going to wind it up. Dave, do you want to take us out? All right. What do I say again? <laughs> Who invited this guy? Seriously, I'm not editing this out so everyone can see what a moron here, what a moron you are. Yeah. All right, I'm Matt Croger. Keep countercharging. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely in. <ended>. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye.